Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome once again to Madame Perry Salon. I am your host, your groove mistress, and your cruise director tonight, Madame Perry. But you can call me Jen, Jennifer, JP. Um, I'm just happy to be here and I'm happy that you're here. And by the way, if you're listening live tonight on Blog Talk Radio, this is uh, October 6, 2020. You can, uh, if you haven't already, you can click on the azalea colored rectangle that says follow in white letters and follow i'd appreciate that or just on whatever podcast platform you enjoy most go ahead and and follow um because of all the people that follow and oh and by the way and thank you to everyone that's been sharing and everybody's and i've been getting all kind of text and everything tonight about tonight's show um thank you so much but because you leave such nice reviews on Stitcher and Apple iTunes podcast and because you follow and because you share and tell your friends that's why I've been able to get so many fun guests and uh, really cool folks and some more coming up and also like we've got tonight now you know what was it last week we had Jen Lancaster I've been a fan of hers since the early 2000s when she had her first book, Bitter is the New Black, which was followed by um, Bright Lights, Big Ass, and Such a Pretty Fat. I love her. So we had Jen Lancaster here in the house, and we've got, uh, oh, we had Michael DeBar, too, and everybody's asked about his documentary. Michael DeBar was here, and, you know, um, he says he comes to Atlanta often to work on uh, MacGyver because he plays Murdoch. And MacGyver, but there is a documentary out now about Michael Debar, excuse me, Marquis Michael Debar, called uh, "What? Who Do You Want Me to Be?" And I thought the title referred to acting, but as he explains in the documentary, it's also because he and singer-songwriter Holly Knight co-wrote the song "Obsession" that we know from Animotion. You know, who do you want me to be? So, yeah, and you can hear him every morning on Little Stevens Underground, I think from 8 a.m. to noon. But tonight's guest, I am so super psyched. Um, you guys know her and love her. She's an actress. She's a comedian, a writer, and I am just so smitten with her, especially after reading her hot new book right now you've probably been enjoying her on shameless um on the netflix hit series insatiable or maybe you loved her back with uh mad tv I mean, she's been she's got an imdb page that just keeps on scrolling forever and now she's got a new memoir called little miss little compton and i am super thrilled to have right here in the genie bottle that is madam perry salon the one and only Arden Marine. Arden, welcome to Madame Perry Salon. 
Well, hello. Thank you for having me, Madam Perry. I was delighted that you reached out. I am so thrilled that you that you just went with the program, went with the flow. Um, I didn't know if you had known then that it's a genie bottle. One of my first, one of my very first guests. This was back when it was a blog. Went back and told the world, I've been to Madame Perry's salon. It looks like the inside of Jeannie's bottle. So that's why you see all the pillows around here and the Moroccan design. And uh, yeah. I love that. I love that. I'm a big design fan. So I'll take anything fun. That sounds good to me. Oh, yes. And the Take Me Home show. Uh, will you people take you and yes. show you how they've decorated? That is, that is the coolest. <laughs> That was super fun. That was really interesting. That was like a pop-up. We had, it was people, it was in New York City, and I'm so nosy, and I love design, and we got, we found people on the street, and then asked them to give me a immediate design, like a home tour, and they had no time to prep. They were just going about their days, and it was fascinating. It was really interesting. It was, and I learned things too. Like there was one where you, um, the person was actually the son of Roger Gwynn, the music, musician, singer-songwriter yes. from the Birds. And his was what was it called? A box car or a train car? Style he apartment? had a, It was a. It was a. Um, it was a railroad apartment. He railroad. was the first person we met. We met him in Tompkins Square Park. And he had, he was not, this is not a plant. This was, we saw him and he, nobody would take me home. So this guy, he had a handlebar mustache and he agreed. And lo and behold, his dad was in the bird. I'm just warning you, I have a 14 year old cat that's going to come scream at me shortly. So if you hear something that sounds like a duck. That's an elderly cat named after Elaine Stritch that will shortly be screaming at me. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, he was the son of the one of the lead singers of the birds, I think, and he brought us to his house, which felt, it was so magical, and it felt like a time traveler apartment, and it was a railroad style, which are, were pretty popular in New York, where, like, particularly on the Lower East Side, where um, there's no room for a hallway, so it's just, one room leads to the next room leads to the next room. Like there's no hall. It's they're just sort of stacked, you know, and on either end are the windows, but in between it's sort of carved up with a living room and a little kitchen and a little bedroom or a parlor or whatever, but it's all sort of stacked in a row. I think in New Orleans, I think they're called shotgun houses, like, but it's the apartment version of that. Yeah. Yeah. I'd never heard of that before. And, and that was the first one I saw. And then I realized you knew a lot about you really did know a lot about apartments and the structure. And it was so cool because you saw the picture and you said, oh, your parents are rock stars, you know. And then it turned out, oh, that's why he's got all these birds posters. Um, yeah. You know, rock yeah. and roll history. So that was cool. He and then when you really were in the little bathtub. He looked like his apartment. Yeah. He <laughs> looked like any of the bathtub in the kitchen. You know, yeah, it was, it was so fascinating because he actually looked, it was like you could have paired him with it. You know what I mean? Like if you had to pair, so whose apartment is this? And we showed you all the different people, that would be clear that that was, it was his apartment. He looked like his apartment. <laughs> yes, he did. This was perfect for him. And it was so tidy. Um, so, yeah. yeah, you do yeah. a lot about design. And um, first of all, did I say congratulations on your hot new memoir, Little Miss Little Confidence? Thank you. Yes, thank was- you so much. I noticed on the cover, and I love the cover, and I put it everywhere. And um, uh, an Atlanta friend of mine, who you probably know, had just put uh, told me he, he likes the cover too. Uh, Puddles the clown. Have you ever heard of Puddles Pity Party? <gasps> a 
Of course I know Puddles. I do stand-up, and I've been at many a festival with Puddles. We hang out um, at, in Austin at the Moon Tower Comedy Festival. For, like, I've been with him there numerous times, and I feel that I was also at San Francisco Sketch Fest, and I'm such a fan of his. I think he's so talented. He has such oh. heartbreaking covers of songs. There's a um, that song... Uh, Where is my mind by the Pixies? His cover of that is mm-hmm. look it up. It's so beautiful and heartbreaking. I love that song. I love his cover. I'm a fan of his. Oh, uh, good. I'll tell. Well, I'm sure you probably know. And his wife. I don't know if you met Shannon. She's a sweetheart too. But uh, yeah, yes, yeah, so I've known him for you know since the '90s here in Atlanta, and I think I've still got one of his old tables that I bought at a yard sale out in my back deck. But yeah, yeah. So that's oh. um, I- I'm so proud of him. I'm so proud to see him getting. Uh, the attention he deserves. So tell us about Little Miss Little Compton. What does the title yeah. mean? I mean, I know, but you know, I've got to be show busy and ask you so you can tell everybody. And uh, oh, oh, I was going to say, and the cover, that's what I was talking about, the cover. You kind of have to help me. The mind wanders. Um, the cover, I took, I think I wrote on something that when you see this cover, it looks like you've just, the, you've gone up to the house and somebody opened the door and you know you're at the best party you'll ever be at in your life oh that's so sweet you know what I will say I do know how to throw a party there's many things in my life I I don't know how to do I am a really fun hostess (laughs) there are certain gifts I was given I I throw I only throw one party a year and it's People don't miss it. I do. I will say when it's non-pandemic time, you want to be at, cause my, I'm a December baby and I love a birthday party and I, I love Christmas. And so I shamelessly jam it all into one extravaganza. And uh, so <laughs> I, I hope, I feel that my cover captures the fun of that. You know, I didn't want, I didn't want just like, lady comedian in sexy dress with a cocktail like I just didn't I it's not who I am I didn't want (laughs) you know I wanted something that felt like you kind of had a preview of what's inside and who wrote it and um and you know that I you know and and so I actually had fake braces made I wanted to do a recreation of my sixth grade photo which is on the back where I look like Barb from Stranger Things so I actually I personally wanted and I did these photos that I actually turned into puzzles I I did sort of a mailer for people with the book and some fun things but I made I recreated my sixth grade photo with my cat mittens and I and I made all these puzzles out of them that says meet the authors but I had like braces made and so I knew I had to give the publisher like three different choices for the cover. So one was the sixth grade photo recreation with the cat, which was my pick. And they were like, no, you look crazy. And I thought, okay. And then, so I had to do, but then, so I had this pretty dress and I thought, well, I'm not going to give them that. I don't want, cause I know they'll pick that. So I was like, let me at least throw the braces in. <laughs> so I put the braces on. I spent all this money on braces. I spent all my money on cat puzzles on braces. I'm terrible with money, um, Madam Perry. So <laughs> it's literally all my money has gone to me printing up cat puzzles and braces. And um, and so the book is, you know, it's. I always feel like somebody that was a little too much. You know, I, 
Um, I grew up in this little teeny tiny town called Little Compton, Rhode Island. And my parents, I grew up in this kooky family in this tiny town. My parents, um, you know, I didn't find out till later, but they didn't make sense because they didn't make sense. You know, they, they, you know, I think everybody feels like their family's a little kind of quirky, but like, literally I found oh, out yeah. when I was 14 that my, my parents married on a dare. Like they, they weren't, <laughs> they weren't dating. They never went on a date. They were coworkers and they, um, they met in New York city and they worked together. So I always knew they worked together, but I couldn't add up how these two individuals came together and um, basically everybody got two weeks vacation but if you went on a honeymoon you got an extra two weeks vacation and you know my parents were out with their co-workers having cocktails in New York like a fun snowy night around New Year's Eve and my dad they figured out basically how can we beat the man and my dad <laughs> came up with this thing that was like hey Janet I'm gonna dare you why don't you and I get married we'll take our extra two weeks honeymoon vacation. So I'll pay for us to go on a four week vacation down to South America and we can come back and we can get it annulled. And um, they looked for, my mom agreed. She'd recently been dumped. She thought she was an old maid, you know, at 23, which is crazy. And uh, so they, so they looked for a Bible to swear on that they were, they're taking oath, you know, and they couldn't find a Bible to swear on. So they found a cookbook and they swore on this cookbook. And then my mom called him back the next day and she said, all right, I'll marry you, but I don't want to get it annulled. And, uh, and so they had a proper wedding. My grandparents never knew. They met him as her fiance. Like six weeks later, they got married. They went on their month long trip. And then when they decided to have kids, my dad said, I will live one of two places, Manhattan or Little Compton, Rhode Island. And my mom picked this tiny town because she wanted my brother and I to be able to um, make our own fun and entertain ourselves. But I was aware of a larger world outside because of what she would bring us to New York once a year. And so it's like a little like fishing village it's a little tiny it's beautiful it looks a lot like Ireland it's you know it almost looks like a, it feels like an island but it's a peninsula and there's a general store and no stoplight store in town is a general store the coffee shop is a tiny barn and an apple orchard and um <laughs> and so the book is like I always loved David Sedaris and his family and it's yeah. I would say it's I feel like it's in that lane of the highway of funny stories about this quirky family, like, and this little, I looked like a boy till I was like 15, like with stars in her eyes. And I just wanted to be like a, I wanted to be like a cigarette girl at the rainbow room because they only played like 1940s movies, you know, and so I wanted to be like in the Ziegfeld Follies, even though it was the eighties. And, um, and it's a, and it's this journey of sort of, how I become an adult and kind of piece together a life and the quirks of this family and the challenges of this family and sort of getting out into the world and getting onto a sitcom by 22 and trying to figure out how to like actually have a real relationship. So it's like, it's all of it. It's all, it's a whole, it's a, everything's in there. Like, and some like tools for the reader of like, Hey, if you grew up in a quirky family, you know, my dad was kind of tough and my mom was wonderful and, you know, that you can be a 
functioning, thriving member of society, even if you've got kind of a quirky toolbox with, you know, somebody that's a little bit rude sometimes. So that was, that's what the book is. Would you say that's an accurate description? Yes, I, yes, I would. Because, you know, sometimes people, you know, if you've got some, that's a little craziness in your family. You've got some stories and you've got some character, character building, um, yeah. as in building a character for a scene, you know, that people yes. um, wouldn't believe or might not, if, if, if they didn't have all that. You know, I try to look at things that I didn't like about my childhood and I look at it now as like, well, that gave me a superpower because this and this and this don't bother me, but I know about this yes. and this that other people don't know. So it kind of gives me a little superpower edge. And that's what I like to think. It's like a very hopeful book. Like it's hopeful. It's like everybody's dealt a certain hand and you know, maybe you got a couple of, a couple of jokers. Like that's okay. (laughs) You can play the hand you're dealt. And like, and it is sort of a superpower. There's a magic in your weird hand that you're dealt. You may not get all aces, you know, and that's okay. (laughs) Hey, use your family. I mean, uh, uh, was it George Clooney said that when he got the part in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, that he just took the whole script and bought a tape recorder and sent it to his uncle and said, this is my uncle's voice, wow. and asked him to read the whole thing. He says, read all of my parts in there for me. So I can wow. make a character on you. And, of course, he got his aunt and uncle uh, seats at the premiere. But, yeah, yeah, he knows how to use. And I noticed, too, there was one thing, too, that I really – well, there's a lot of things, actually. Little Compton, before we go any further into the story, uh, Little Compton had some really amazing quirks. I mean, it's sort of like a, a uh, like the raven. <laughs> That stole mail and yes. the lady with the corn cob pipe. Tell us about them. So we have um, there's a here yeah there's a lady. Our town criminal was um, there was this person who was stealing all the mail, which is a federal crime, and nobody could figure out who was the mail thief. Like you know, there was very there was very little happening as far as criminal behavior goes, and um, and they found out that there was a woman who kept a pet crow in town named Poe the Crow. And that's actually on the cover. If you see Poe is holding a letter and um, Poe the Crow, uh, he was flying around and he taught himself to fly off of people's mail. And they actually prosecuted him because it's a federal crime. So he was put under house arrest and he became an indoor crow. Um, he became an indoor crow. Can I read one paragraph? And am I allowed oh, I to say you, one cuss word? Can I, I say one cuss word? I don't would. know if we're live. We're all okay. grown ups here. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know if it's like some, you know, some federal. Oh, thing. I don't know if we were alive. Okay, no. great. So, I, spoiler alert, there's one cuss word coming. This is a description of my town. Just one paragraph. Um, Little Compton, established 1682, used to have three restaurants, but two of them burned to the ground. Currently, it has zero stoplights, zero high schools, one local doctor who took a shit in the third hole at the local golf course, one train car that is parked in a field and is inhabited by 200 chickens, and there's a photo in there of the the chicken caboose, one cell phone provider, we just got our first cell tower at the town dump, and one toothless elderly lady who smokes a corn cob pipe and hangs out at the cash register of the general store and at home answers the door nude for the local delivery boys. So we are no podunk town. <laughs> and that's a little description of Little Compton. <laughs> yeah. I am so glad. I think I that's pretty hoping... accurate. 
<laughs> I was hoping you were read. It's kind of like uh, the New England version of Green Acres or something, you know, with the we're like mm-hmm. Arnold the pig and they had Poe the crow. Yeah, people keep asking me. They're like, "Oh, so it's like Shit's Creek?" I'm like, "Shit's Creek was so much bigger. Like they have a motel. That's like that's like the big city in comparison. If you've ever seen that show, like they at least had a motel and like a clothing store. Like we don't have that. That's crazy. Are you crazy? <laughs> We just have Wilbur's the general store, and that's that's all they have. This so is a description then, and, of Wilbur's. The, oh, okay. Sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Hey, this is all about you, sister. Well, okay. Here is one more little. The town center is called the Commons, where the main commerce occurs. The nerve center of the Commons is Wilbur's, Little Compton's only store. Wilbur's is an old school general store. It has penny candy, paint, a butcher store cheese, hammers, cast iron pans, sawdust, rat poison, chains for your tires, goat food, fishing boots, and a beauty department consisting of rubbing alcohol and aim toothpaste. Think of it as our town's Nordstrom. <laughs> so that's really, that's like the Lenox Hill Mall, okay? <laughs> that's like the Lenox Hill Mall of uh, Rhode Island. Okay, but you also had some family. I mean, I love it. Was it was it your aunt or grandmother that taught you how to play cards? My grandma, my grandma Hilda, taught me how to play cards like a card shark from the time I was like four or five. You know, that's valuable education. It really is, and she. I mean. I'm assuming my cousins aren't listening right now. I know she preferred me over a couple of my cousins because some of them would cheat. (laughs) And they would like hide cards under their bum and then like pull them out, you know, so they didn't barely. So she really was, you know, and she was hard. She'd be like, test your cards. And like a card laid is a card played. And we would play, you know, there was no go, go fish just because you were in kindergarten. We played hearts every night. And it was ruthless, and she would be like, if you were going to shoot the moon, you need to have all the high cards. You know, it was truly, it was fun. And she taught me how to, like, play poker and steal. So then I would play poker and steal all my friends' stickers and beads for their bead collection because, like, they were all just playing Hungry Hungry Hippo. Like, they had no idea the ringer that was coming in to steal all their stuff. I mean, I won it fair and square, but they never stood a chance against me. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, no. But seriously, yeah, that I think that made you certainly more advanced than a lot of kids, and I'm sure you were the favorite. And uh, yeah, I've, I've never learned. Well, we didn't have cards in the house because my mother said it was you know the devil's work and all that. But mm-hmm. uh, about a year ago, I began going to a little place in in Shambly, a little um, restaurant bar, and in the back room they have a drag queen named Miss Lauren, and she has blackjack going. Mm-hmm. And so, and it all benefits an animal shelter, a rescue. So uh, I, I've been, Miss Lauren's been teaching me how to play blackjack. So um, everything <clears throat> that you're telling me makes me so happy. Can I just say how much I love Atlanta? I mean, we filmed Insatiable for two years in Atlanta, and I got to tell you, my therapist, I got a nice therapist in Atlanta that I still zoom with. I was like, you know what? If I'm at, like. I tried to find somebody out here. I didn't like them very much. And I thought, I bet my doctor, I bet Dr. Jones, like, I can, but I can Zoom with her. And, like, 
So once a week, I zoom into Atlanta and just hear her accent. She's like, oh, Arden, congrats on the book. You know, it's just like, oh, thank you, Dr. Jones. Like, it is such a joy. She's out in Decatur. And, like, once a week, I'm, like, transported to her beautiful office in Decatur. And it's just like, that's, like, my soft, happy place. (laughs) That's a lovely place, isn't it, too? Yeah. It sure is. It's so pretty. They've got that nice restaurant that's in the old train station that's out there. Like, it's like a specialty meal you know it's like if you're going yeah. it's like a birthday dinner yeah i can't yeah, remember yeah. the name of it but i loved it it's so pretty out there everyone's so nice in atlanta i just loved it oh good i'm glad i want you i'm glad you feel welcome you know i think i saw uh i was watching some videos uh, a few weeks ago of a comedian named uh nimesh patel yes of course and he said something like he said he got off a plane in atlanta and he said everybody was so friendly to me i'll Looked around and thought, what, did I turn white when I was on the plane? Everybody's so nice to me. (laughs) I love that. I mean, it was just our crew. We just had the nicest crew, you know. Like, it was just a joy. I loved working there. I was also on a show in Nashville. Like, I can move to a Nashville or Atlanta happily. And I, you know, I, I had many different. I had many different Airbnbs during my tenure there, so I really got to sort of <laughs> test drive all the little neighborhoods. Oh, <laughs> Just okay. So pretty. Yeah, I love walking around. I love the parks. I love the greenery. Just the food is so good. Everyone was so nice. I'm not. I just. I really had a good time in Atlanta. I hope I do another series in Atlanta. I do too, because then I want to get you to my restaurant, Agave. It's southwestern. Ooh, and, yes, and you like honey, yes. Mark, yes, yes, yes. I know the owners and the managers and everything, and we'll get you taken care of. We really will. And everybody you oh, know. Oh, heck yeah. Heck everybody yeah. you like. And so, um, okay, so if you just tuned in, Willis, I am talking to Arden Marine, actress, comedian, author, and we've been talking about her brand new book, Little Miss Little Compton. It's a memoir, and it's just incredible. And then as, as we've talked about the early parts, but then it goes to – when you get into show business and the kind of like the ups and downs and things that happen because they do happen and, and show biz, but I love, and I also do not want to uh, lose a chance to talk with you about, because I think this is a great lesson. And this is, um, I did two reviews. I did one on NetGalley last month and I did one on Goodreads. I think on Goodreads, I mentioned the one about the pivot that that JJ taught you, but uh, I also want to say, um, if you're listening live, would it be okay for people to call in and talk to you? Heck yeah, I would love that. It would be an honor. Okay, well, I'm going to open the phones now. So if you've got a question or comment, something you want to say to Arden, and you definitely, definitely want to buy this book, I'm going to be given a lot for Christmas. So let me know if you get it or not. Okay. Um, right here. Uh, hi, welcome to Madam Perry's Salon. Just step on in and say hello to Arden Marine. And this is, I don't see a name, but this is somebody, the 770 area code. That's Janet. Janet. Okay. Hi, hey, Janet. Janet. Hi sweet Janet. My mom hey, is how are Janet. you? I love, me, I love me a Janet. I'm good. Well, how are you? And you should. Now I'm loving me an Arden. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> this interview, I hadn't been able to get it all because I think everybody's at home on the internet and we live in a. In the country, so it slows us down just a scotch. But where <laughs> I can I get your that book? I can't me. wait. Oh, my goodness. You know what? You could what? order it and okay. get yourself a free 
tote bag that I designed that comes with it, and it's a signed copy. Really? Yeah, girl. There's so a few then I could be cool, I okay? So where do I want to tell you? And I got the fancy canvas. I was like, I don't want a thin cotton tote. I want it to be the equivalent of like a beach bag or like a book nice. bag, like that you can nice. use it as like a purse. So if you go to Arden Marine, it looks like Myron. It's a crazy drunk Swedish Viking name. So it's Arden, A R D E N. M is a Mary. Y R I N is a Nancy. Book dot com. That's Arden Marine. Book dot com, and that's where you can get with the, the signed copy and you get the free tote with it. Okay, is it books S plural or just just singular, books. just one singular. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. And just, yeah, just to be sure, Janet. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. Just to be sure and for anybody for everybody else listening is that mm-hmm. I will be sharing on all of my social media not only Madam Perry social media, but also uh Jennifer Perry or Jennifer Maudette Perry on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, Reddit, Reddit, which I don't know if you use Reddit. I consider it the the um, Sheldon uh, Sheldon Cooper of social media because I'm always getting in trouble for things, but I don't understand it. But I will be sharing the link. So if you're for people that listen when they're driving or running, don't have to worry about stopping and writing it down. I will be sharing it on all my social media, so you'll all know how to get little Miss Little Company. Gotcha. That, okay. That's your audio too or not? I did a recording of it. I know they're going to release it. Soon, I would say the book has about thirty really fun photos in it. Okay. So, which I was really excited, and there's some. Right. I have some pretty crazy haircuts and stuff in there. So okay. I think, I think it's worth. I, you know, I think the audio book will be good because I I enjoy you know performing. So I think it'll be a fun audio book for anybody who that's what how you like to do it. But I oh, would yeah. say. I would say in well, the actual have pictures, book, there's a lot I'll, of I, I can do. Better. There's a lot of yeah. There's a lot of visual. There's a there's we need more comedy. Visual things you might you might miss. Yeah. Would you agree, Madam Perry, that the photos oh. are pretty entertaining? Oh yes, especially her parents <laughs> doing in their American Gothic photo. That's definitely worth seeing. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Isn't that can crazy? I ask, yeah. Can I ask one more question? Sure. Okay. Who is your favorite female? Or let's say the, the the most influential female comedian, including family members. I oh that's interesting. It's so funny. So many people I grew up with made me laugh so hard. Okay, can yeah. I give three, three? Can I give three from three different eras? You can. I I would say, I mean, my mom was hilarious, and I would say okay. my childhood best friend Cheryl was hilarious, and <laughs> I feel like. The unsung, you know, there's so many people that are still in my small hometown. I feel like there's so many funny people on earth. And particularly when you're younger and in your adolescence, like people who just, like, I would laugh till tears streamed down my face who, you know, they didn't grow up and go into comedy or anything, but they make me laugh so, like, my, just kill me. Um, As a child, the person that I just adored was, Gilda Radner, I just, I loved her humanity, and she had so much charm and joy. She was so lovable and so fearless and physical, and I just adored her. Well, you know, you remind me of her. Oh, thank you. I'll take that as a huge compliment. Thank you. And then I, 
And then when I was in high school and like who I really dreamed about, and it actually is a huge honor for me because I, she gave me a quote for my book was Molly Shannon. When I saw her do Mary Catherine Gallagher on Saturday Night Live, (laughs) again, such a big character, but it was, it came from such a, a grounded place of like, you really believed this sort of this desperate Catholic school girl that had this like, she was so fearless physically, but uh-huh. but she was authentic. And I so those would be the ones that really was like I want to be in that lane of the highway, coming from some humanity and empathy and like a real part, but like Love. fearless. They were fearless. Those are that. Who do you like? Well, I probably could have t- given you ten people, if I, but Lucy, you know, Lucy Ball. I mean, I mean, yeah. classic, yeah. Mm-hmm. Be- yeah. and beautiful, and and not self conscious, and a pioneer because she was one of the first women who was also a producer. You know. Oh yeah, I was um, going to ask you: Do you have any movies in the future? You know, Are you I have, or is that coming your way? Or? I have, I have, I have a bunch of auditions that I'm doing, and I, um, I have a script that I wrote that we got funding for like wow. I mean I would love to be somebody you know you look at someone like Tina Fey like I would like to write and be in my own things would be I think the dream you know and so yeah. um that would be I mean hopefully oh. we had all this funding and then the pandemic happened so you know oh, yeah I was going to ask again, you about how comedy is with the pandemic are you doing any or well I've been mostly launching the book which has been actually like I mean, it's great if people are reading and it's good because I can do it safely from my house. But it's sad because I would, I, I really, you know, I normally tour doing stand up and, and I love just meeting everybody. And oh, it's so, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm sad not to be able to go on a, on a book tour and go see everybody. But it's cool because people are actually reading right now. So, like, you know, it's not a bad thing to have put my focus on. Um, I just did my first live Zoom stand-up show, which I oh, was okay, curious. Cool. It was actually kind of interesting, you know. I, once I just sort of adapted, and I thought, okay, I'm not even, I'm not going to do my old material. Like, let's. It's clear that I'm in my garage, and I'm on a two-inch square on Zoom. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, let's just, and like, clearly, everyone knows I didn't just get back from Vegas. So, like, let's yeah, just sure. so <laughs> the garage stays in the garage. Yes. Yeah, so it was kind oh, of fun right. to like to yeah. write new material and just I actually enjoyed it. I was I didn't know if I was gonna really not like it, but because I'm a very physical performer, so it was mm-hmm. an interesting challenge to be like, no, you're in a two-inch square in your garage. So it was actually <laughs> pretty fun. And then I have a podcast that I've been able to do. Oh yeah, I was gonna um, ask about that. I host a very silly podcast called Will You Accept This Rose? It's about the Bachelor franchise. And I'm, there's actually a bunch of people who listen who don't even watch The Bachelor. I break it down with comedians. And The Bachelor is actually starting again next week. It starts for uh, October 13th. And so our first episode will be up October 15th. You can get it wherever you get your podcast. We're on iHeartRadio, but it's anywhere you get your podcast. And it's so fun. It's so silly. And... um we just treat it like a sporting event. We try to figure out who's going to like nationals, who's gonna like who's gonna be drunk on the first night, who's going to fantasy suites. Like, like a fantasy. I don't read. 
Yeah, I don't know who's going to be the secret nightmare. You know what I mean? Like, we don't read any spoilers. I don't want to know any. You know, you can, if, if you want to know the secret, oh, the, the internet will tell you. And I have a, I do not know anything. And so it's so fun. And it's like, it's like my football or basketball or baseball. Like, I'm like, okay. That's yeah, it's so fun. And it's the oldest bachelorette they've ever had. She's 39. I'm like, bring it on. Whoa. Let's okay. see this. Like, Take that one out. Grow. All right. It's hey, Janet. Be, yeah, it oh, should be sorry. fun. Thanks, Janet. Janet, thank you so much for calling. Oh, you're welcome. I'm going to go right now to the, to the web page and do my thing. All right. Yes, sweet. Thank you book. so much for calling, yes, Janet. Janet. Okay, Yay. you're welcome. Thank Thanks, Janet. Bye, honey. Bye. All right, and like? the next call. Hi, if if you heard me, whoops! If you heard your phone say unmute, then then you're next. And uh, welcome to Madam Perry Salon. Uh, I'm Jennifer Perry with Art Marine. So say hello and introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Peter G. I'm a uh, crazy Polish cartoonist from the Chicago area. Peter G. Hello, Peter G. Boy, let me tell you another area I love, Chicago. I started there. I did improv there for a year when I was 19 at Improv Olympic. Gained 30 pounds. Nobody cared. Never been flirted with more. I love Chicago. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm impressed. Yeah, yeah. No, I, mean, I just there, Drank my way. I had the best time, and Chicago was like, "We don't care. We like you as you are." <laughs> well, yeah, well uh, according to statistics, ten percent of the world hydrates with beer. Well, that's a little higher in Chicago. So, uh. <laughs> true story. I everybody also that was there when I was there, they were all like six foot five male improvisers. So you know, I'm five three, and it's like. We don't have the same metabolism. You know what I mean? Like I just thought the deep, deep, the deep dish pizza at four in the morning sits differently when you're not six five. And <laughs> but it was so fun. I loved it. How you doing, Peter? Pete? I'm do- I'm doing fine. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you. What a treat to speak to people all over the country. This is fun. Well, right, uh, I was. I... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> No, Peter, you, this is this is your moment with Art Marine. <laughs> the Mutual Appreciation Society is really – we need a traffic light just to turn who talks. You know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, what got me calling in, I mean, listening to the description of uh, of Little Compton and, you know, talking about things like – well, first of all, talking about card games, it's like no card games. It's like you didn't even have Uno. I can't, I can't imagine what it's like growing up as a kid without Uno. And, oh, uh, and I had I had I had Uno. I had everything. I was a little shark. I could play any game except for, as we learn in the book, go to the head of the class. That's the one that took. I'm not great with the fact game. So like Trivial Pursuit or go to the head of the class, not great. I'm very good with like strategy games. Give me a strategy game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or uh, I mean, I'm sorry, but Uno is one of those games where. <laughs> You're going to lose a couple of friends by the time the game is over, or there's going to be a fist fight. One of the two things is going to happen. True story. I haven't played Uno in years. I feel like that's a good pandemic. Although everybody, I mean, let's be real. Everybody in the pandemic now is, you know, getting a little sick of who they're who they're holed up with. So maybe maybe October game of Uno mid pandemic is not the best way to keep a happy happy peace in a household. <laughs> oh. My gosh, Art, there is a, on, on YouTube, I found this couple. You know, this, everybody knows the song Jolene. 
by Dolly Parton. Yes, love that. Song. Right, I love There's that. There's a couple on the uh, on uh, YouTube. They call themselves Vintage Blue. It's a man and a woman, and they do the song. They do the pandemic version of Jolene, and it's Jolene. I'm begging of you, please come take my man. And it's about I've dug a hole in the backyard oh in case things get really weird. Oh. I'm begging of you, Jolene, oh come God. and get my man. Dude, I mean, honestly, is there anything less romantic than all together, all the time, every day, all day? <laughs> There's no mystery. There is no mystery for anybody in the world right now. <laughs> no mystery there, there, at all. There was, a great, there, there was a great comic strip called PVP. It took place at a video game office. And for yeah. a strip that ran on Valentine's Day one year, uh, you see uh, the editor-in-chief, uh, he's talking with his wife. He tells his wife, he says, okay, I've dropped off the kids at, at your mother's house. I've taken out the garbage, and if you don't want to have sex tonight, that's okay. She <laughs> says, thank you, honey. Here's a six-pack of your favorite beer, and you can play on the computer all night. And happy Valentine's Day. And back in the office, one of the guys is saying, how is that romantic? He says, you know, you'll understand when you're older. <laughs> oh, true story. Oh, I that's mean. great. All right. Well, listen, I've got true a couple story. more calls waiting to talk to Arden Marine and uh, Arden, you're a popular lady, as you well know, as the whole world knows by now. But uh, Peter G, thank you so much uh, for I'll calling. Be the and, all I'll right, be the please. Thank all you, right, Peter G. You. Be well, bye, Peter. Bye. He's a sweetie. Um, okay, so I've got a couple more calls here for you, and but first, I'm going to give you about 45 seconds uh, to get a drink of water or whatever. Um, you professional showbiz okay. people do. Uh, so just uh, just a moment here. Oh, I right. mean, the world has gone crazy, right? I mean, this whole pandemic, I, I, I don't even know if I'm coming or going anymore. You know what I mean? But the one thing during the pandemic that I found out, right, that was a good thing was the Madame Paris Salon. I made this podcast, right? When you hear her laughing, all you want to do is laugh. Eh? When her dog's barking in the background and she's talking to the dog, I'm like, she's going to an interview. And I'm like, this podcast is the best podcast I've ever heard before. You know what I mean? Well, obviously, he hasn't heard <laughs> your <laughs> I don't know. I'm having a good time on the Madam Perry podcast. Okay. All right. Uh, And I've also got some people messaging in uh, that can't call that message. Uh, One is a Becky and Tony from Knoxville, Tennessee. Yes, folks, for the regulars that know this, but if you don't, um, if you can't call in for whatever reason, like maybe you got your job or a place where you got to be quiet. Uh, you can send me a message on Facebook, either through Madam Perry Salon or Jennifer Maudette Perry. So, uh, so Becky and Tony in Knoxville, Tennessee said, we love it. We love Arden. We're longtime fans and we are definitely getting the book. Thank you so much for writing it. Oh, that's and- so sweet. Thank you for getting the book. And you know what? I'm hoping when, look, when the pandemic and my, I hope to come, um, I hope to tour. I know Knoxville is not Nashville, but I've performed numerous times at Zany's Nashville and I love it there. And, and I love that, um, the bookstore and Hatchet bookstore there. And, you know, it would be my goal. 
I really hope to come meet everybody, and I can hopefully sign it for you in person and make it more personal. Um, so, I mean, yeah. Yay. Oh, and by the way, um, I've got some Madame Perry Salon uh, pen and lightsaber sets now for anybody that wants them. And Arden, if you and your husband need some lightsabers, you know, for whatever, at yes. home, you know, play Why not? Star Wars, I will, I will send them to you. So, uh, but I've got to, so they come much. in. That would be a delight. Okay, good. Everybody at the Starbucks and the optometrist office love them, but they come in red, blue, and green, and they glow. So yeah. Um, oh my there, gosh, there. that sounds great! I would love that. Yay! Okay. All right. So uh, let's see. Next call. Welcome to Madame Perry's Salon. You're here with Jennifer Perry and Arden Marine. So say hello and introduce yourself. Hello. This is Marilyn Open. <laughs> Marilyn Opus. Hello. Hello. Hi. How are I'm you? I'm calling from call, Marilyn. Calling from Marilyn. <laughs> Marilyn from Marilyn. She's a she's a, a makeup artist and, and hairdresser. So, yeah. yeah. She keeps yeah. it all. Yeah. So I've, I've it's, seen nothing more fun than that. <laughs> I've seen Arden's work for a long time and uh, always admired uh, seeing you. I, I love character actresses and comedic actresses, and uh, it just it's it's always so refreshing, you know. It's just great. Thank you so much. I mean, as far as the non-stand-up people, I always wanted to be Madeline Kahn or a Terry oh. Gar or like exactly. You know, yeah, I think like if you young, ask like a young young Terry Gar. I yeah. love her. I love oh. her. I love a Goldie Hawn. Give me a Goldie oh, Hawn. Oh, yeah. There's, there's some, there was really, like, that era really had wonderful, comedic, full-performance character actresses that are so... I have never tell you the truth, whenever I would see you, I always thought you had to have been, like... You're more what I would say Goldie's daughter would be more than Kate Hudson is. <laughs> okay, oh my you're gosh, you're right. You have she has I Goldie's energy that. and and the smile and the the um there's just this there's a, a mix of, of of the funny but comic down to earth and comic sense and everything mm-hmm. roll, beautiful all rolled into one you know <laughs> and I, I always enjoy I enjoy the energy on camera you know that's so sweet I love her she's another one that was a she was also an early producer that people didn't believe in her they thought she was sort of a dumb blonde and she produced yes. Private Benjamin mm-hmm. and she won an right. Oscar and and you know she she made her own thing when people were treating her like just a dumb blonde, and she showed mm-hmm. them, you know. So cool. Yeah. 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 Marilyn, you got you're gonna get this book right, and yeah, you got oh the, yeah, the yeah, website address so that you can get the tote bag that sure sounds like sounds cute with the tote bag too. That's fantastic. The, cute, <laughs> the, the tote bag's really cute. I designed it, and it has um, it actually has Poe the Crow stealing mail on it. <laughs> Wow, this little Compton. It's really cute. I I have to say again, like it's it's not a flimsy. It's like a really fancy, nice tote bag. I think you'll you can use it. It's good. It's oh, not great! Like awesome. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Fantastic. It's, 
Aw, thank you so much. I appreciate your support. Uh Thanks for calling, Marilyn. And I want to know how much you you love the book when you read it. Okay, I will. I will. All All right. right. Take care. Have a great night. Stay safe. All right. You too. Bye. Bye, Marilyn. From Marilyn. And by the way, we also have a guy, Mike Gall, uh, up in Pennsylvania, says he's a fan. He's going to get the book, but he said, tote bag, don't you have anything for straight guys? Mike, I know you've got a girlfriend. Give her the tote bag, please. Thank you. Oh, my God, or give it to your mom, you know? Give it to a daughter. You give it, you know, you'll get points. Yeah, you'll get points. I mean, seriously, honestly. it's signed. It's signed. Or, Mike, you can just get it on. You can just buy it somewhere else if you don't want the tote bag. But you, if you want points with the ladies, you know, mm-hmm. why not? <laughs> Absolutely, and especially because this is going to be decorated. I used to work. I used to be a snake oil hustler, Arden, and <laughs> you know that. You know what that fantastic. is. I worked. Cos- I worked yeah. the cosmetic counter. I love and, it. Uh, cosmetic counter in Macy's, different lines, and I had so many black bags coming home with so many different makeup lines, and everybody's got something, and you share your big black bag. So one day, I sent my yes. husband home to get something. He goes, well, "Where will I find it?" I said, "In the black bag, the big black." He came back and said, no more black bags. No more. Do you know how many of those things yes. you have? You must have 12. I'll tell you what. This is the tote equivalent of what my book cover looks like. It's a party. It is a party. <laughs> it is not a black bag. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Listen, we've got one more call waiting. And also, I want to talk about, if you don't mind, I want you to talk about um, and, and the value of the pivot and what you learned and how it helped you. And so welcome to Madam Perry's salon. Come on in and say hello to Arden Marine. Hello there. Hi. Hi. Hi, Arden. My name is Kenya and I'm in Decatur, Georgia. <laughs> you okay. made me smile. Hi. 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 You're so pretty. I love it out there. It's so beautiful. All the green and all the plants. It's beautiful. I absolutely love it. And I know little downtown Decatur where you're, I'm I'm just living through your, through your conversation, actually just giggling, listening. But let me say before I get too far, I love your parents' love story because I'm a big, um, oh, Hallmark person. And it just sounds like a Hallmark story. Oh, my goodness. You know, they stayed married for 50 years, and, you know, it worked oh! for them. Who knows? I know. It's it's so, you know, it is definitely, it is so nutty. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean. It's cute. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Kenya. And, and Arden, another thing, your voice <laughs> with that character, with the, um, Goldie Hawn, when you guys said Goldie, I was like, yes, yes, that's that's it. So yeah, I'm I'm a big Goldie Hawn fan as well. So Oh my well, thank you so much. My voice is so crazy. When I had to read the audio book, I'm just thinking, Well, you gotta really wanna hear me for two hundred and fifty days. <laughs> no. You know? It's it's a specific sound. So, um uh, you know, I've learned from touring with stand up sort of how to like get quiet and then get, you know, just modulate the pitch <laughs> list over time because it's many, many chapters of this voice. So, <laughs> No, you um, sound like fun. I'm uh, thinking about the, those parties that you have. I'm like, gosh, you must have a great party for real. 
She's going to have to come you when know, next time I, she's in Atlanta, which hopefully won't be that long. If there's going to be uh, a, another season of uh, Insatiable, we'll have to have a, a Decatur party. We know plenty of places yay! that'll let us throw a party yeah, with. We have a book party. party. Let's do a book party. Woo-hoo! Oh, let you me know, tell that you. That would be so fun. Arden, I I am an yeah. entertainment publicist, and I I know you've got a public publicity team, but I have thrown some book parties in Atlanta, and once they even gave me the entire upstairs of one of the best gay bars in Atlanta, across from Piedmont Park. I know you know Piedmont Park, and yeah. um, and uh, Absolute <laughs> sponsored it, and uh, so yeah, we will turn out oh a party, honey. I'll be in touch. I would love that because I I will say, and again, there's many things I cannot do in life. I am an analog girl. I am not really great with computers, but I can throw a really fun party. <laughs> that matters. That matters. It does. It Art, what do you it consider cheap. a party essential? What, what are what are the essential parts of a party? What makes a party? Okay. What things do you have to have? Music. M- music. Yes. You have mm-hmm. to have music is key. You have to just, to me, you have to treat it like you are a guest at your own party. You can't like you have to just be done. By the time the first guest arrives, everything has to be out and like that you're not just fussing around like tendon like if you're relaxed, anything that you don't want stolen or broken, hide and just literally just let people have at it. Just like set it up where it's not a precious museum and just you know, like have a good time. You need a dance floor. It, the lights have to be dim. You have to dim your lights. It is key to dim your lights. I am a I, I I'm not even a big drinker, but I'm a b- big believer in making sure you're just if they want alcohol that they have access to a fun cocktail immediately. <laughs> I think I love I'm it. a big fan. I think tacos are really fun. Like nobody's ever mad at tacos, you know, like no. tacos are tasty. Tacos are casual. Like you put out a plate of tacos and you've got a dance party. You have a cocktail and some dim lights and like, you know, I'm a fan of. I always drink out of a. It's a like a drink container that looks like a disco ball. It has a straw in it, and so like you know, just walking around drinking out of a disco ball. You know, like that to me. It looks like a disco ball, but it's a drink holder. It's like it's like those. Yeah. So costume. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you yeah, need a really fun playlist, and you don't start with your best stuff. You start with a little more relaxed. Like you got to know when yeah. the second drink is mm-hmm. kicking in. You can't force them to dance yet. Like don't force them when they're still subconscious. You got to dim the lights. Like <laughs> and again, start it smooth. Get a couple cocktails going, and then have your ringer dance friends, your friends that also mm-hmm. are party starters. Just are who are not self conscious enough to start dancing. I'm also mm-hmm. not mad at a party favor. I'm not mad at a decoration. I'm not mad at like I'm a lowbrow. Like I am go on like the wholesale party dot com and get whatever you need. <laughs> throw it all out. Whatever anybody might want to put put on and that is I think you want to leave out a couple of like you have a Polaroid that you don't care if it gets broken. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Your chair is gonna get broken. Like if we had a Polaroid and like a couple of Polaroid rolls of Polaroid film, assume the camera will die. You know, so get a cheap Polaroid, <laughs> throw them out, let people take some pictures. That's a fun party. That's a fun party. 
you describe yeah, it like, like, you're, like you're planning a, a, a show, like, like, like your intro and your yeah. expository and you oh, yeah. build up. It's key. It's key. You've got to, you've got to, you've got to get people are self-conscious and they don't know everybody. So you've got to just get a little bit of alcohol, make them feel safe. Don't over tend <laughs> to people. Like don't manically host them. Like if you look like, I just keep moving. I'm like a satellite. I just, I have a fun party <laughs> dress on. I've got some cute shoes. I've got my disco ball. Keep it moving. Just, just keep don't it get moving. stuck with one person. Keep it moving. Keep circulating. And if you look like you're having fun, eventually they'll have enough cocktails that they have fun too. And then have an end <laughs> time where it's like they're leaving at whatever. Well, <laughs> like, I love it's it. From, it's from like, so they have to come. They can't come too late. So it'd be like 7 to 11. So that means you can always push it to midnight. Who cares? But like, give put an end time so they can't come too late. That's <laughs> my thing too. It. That's it. I'm gonna let you guys go, but Arden, I wanted to say that I I love the interview. You 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 guys were you guys make me laugh so hard. But I'm getting the book and tell Mike that if he don't want the book back, send it to me. I will. I you Honey, thank you. Thank you, too. She's got to go. She's got to go buy all the disco balls. She's going to buy party favors. <laughs> exactly. Seriously. Well, it was got, so nice meeting you. Kenya, come on. What a joy. Have at it. Tell Decatur I say hi. And uh, I'll will. meet at that fancy restaurant when the pandemic is done. <laughs> you know I'm going to remind right. you. <laughs> thank, thank you. Yes, honey. Yes. Work. Yes. Okay. Thank you. I, I, I got to warn you. Arden, I gotta warn you. I gotta tell you something. Kenya, I gotta, I gotta, I've gotta confess. Kenya is my BFF, and I will when be we go there. To, she sounds fun. When we go to a restaurant, this will happen. This will happen even more with you. Sometimes we yeah. had a waiter bring another waiter over, saying, "Well, this friend of mine was having a real bad day. She's one of the waiters there." But we thought if she stood by your table and heard you guys laugh, that she'd be in a better mood. Right. That's happened to us. True. <laughs> I mean, that's the case. That thank, thank you. I mean, that to me. Look, life is up and down. Life, she had journey, as evidenced by 2020. <laughs> Let's be real. So if you right don't on. have your pals, you know what I'm That's saying? Right. And I talk about this in the book. It's like, it may not be your best year ever, but you don't need to make it your worst. It may not be your Amen. best day ever. You not make it your worst. Amen. You need your bud. We can still have a laugh, because guess what? Yeah. Things happen to everybody. Life happens, and she is no joke sometimes, and you're still allowed to hang with the people that you can still have a laugh and it doesn't mean you're betraying your whatever the pain you have, you can still yes. have a laugh, even if mm-hmm. you have some pain. True. It's key. I'm right. gonna I'm gonna steal that line. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that again. I'm gonna all steal right. that. take it. It's it's all in the book, my friend. It's all in the book. <laughs> all right. Okay, well nice meeting you. Bye guys. Bye Kenya. Bye, Bye honey. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Can I just Arden. tell you, you have a really good, madam, that's a good B- BFF you have. Oh, she's, she's the best. She's the best. Uh, she's too good for me. She really is. But um, I don't know. I'm, a fan. Said, I'm a fan of Madam Perry. Oh, good. Thank you. So, um, and you're a musician. So most musicians call me JP and I know you're a drummer um, and musician, but also, I, mean, uh, hmm? I did take drum lessons, but I'm a bad drummer. <laughs> But yeah. I'm taking. I will take that I'm a drummer. Yes, yeah. JP, it is JP. 
Right on. So, uh, listen, you've been so generous with your time, and I know I, I've kept you probably much longer than you meant to. But just before we go, there's something that was really important. There's a lot of important things in your book. But one of them I wanted you to share with people, and they can read more about it, is you talked about, especially when you were in high school in the drama department, about when you didn't get what you wanted pivoted. to pivot. Yes. I feel like I've pivoted many times in my life and how – you know, I, every time it was a seeming roadblock, it actually ended up being a gift. So I write about in the book how this, the head of the theater department of my high school, like I always wanted to be an actor. It was all I ever wanted to be was an actress. And like, and she just didn't like me. She just, I was just not serious. I seemed too silly, even though I work really hard and I take it really seriously my disposition wasn't tortured enough for her, even though I had real things going on and she didn't bother to get to know me, you know, but like she just wrote the book off that I, my voice is too high. I seemed too fluffy for her and um, she wouldn't catch me in anything. And so rather than letting this probably unhappy person, I'm sure had nothing to do with me, stop me. One of the gifts, like I, um, where I went to school, they had this very pretty actual, like the building that did this beautiful theater that no one was really interested in. It was very sports heavy where I went to school and, um, and I couldn't get cast in the place, but they had this like one act play festival. And so I just started writing my own, everybody would sort of pull a, a, play like a book from the library and they'd pick an act of a play and that's what they did and I thought well why can't I I got around her and I was like why can't I just write my own play and like direct my own play and and then I'll be in that like and so I actually I didn't put this in the book because it was like felt too sad to do it felt too like you're an adult like but like I actually ended up winning like the trustees prize like a couple times or like I I got around Whoa. her. I wanted and I kept. I would win it every year in drama, like which I'm sure angered her even more. So <laughs> it was like I, it was, and I would never have written them if I could have just gotten cast. I would never have done that if I could have just gotten cast. And so that kept happening. Where, you know, I didn't go to a fancy. I didn't go to Juilliard, and I didn't go to Yale. I didn't go to some fancy theater school. But actually, my mom told me not to even try. She suspected, and I believe that she was right, that mm-hmm. that it would probably be filled with that woman, that mm-hmm. they would probably shave down what was unique about me, which isn't to say that my friends who went to the school are phenomenal performers. Like, they're brilliantly trained, and but I knew what was sort of magic about me wouldn't, would probably wouldn't have fit in with what they were trying to mm-hmm. do. And so um, when I got out of school and I was, I needed to get, I wanted an, you need an agent. Again, it was like the pivot of like, okay, well, I didn't go, like I moved to New York and I was an elf at Macy's Sandaland and I was, waitressing and I was interning at a casting director or stuff like that but like I knew I needed to get on in order to get an agent I needed to be on stage but in order to be on stage I needed an agent and so Mm -hmm. I forced myself to start doing stand-up and and again this was in the 90s when there really weren't that many women doing it and there certainly weren't many 21 year old women 
comedians. And, um, but I knew I'd written the play for myself. So I was able to cobble together, you know, it's five, five minutes, 10 minutes, like build up my act and a talent agent saw me. And that was like, I was able, like I got signed. Like I was, he sent me on one meeting and, I, and then that I kept getting called back and I got mm-hmm. called back like seven times for this first meeting. I got flown out to LA and I tested for this pilot of a sitcom that I didn't book, but it was enough to get me signed. And again, I feel like, you know, and then as I was performing more and more, like I, so I started, I booked these sitcoms, which was really cool, really out of the gate. And then, Uh you know, anybody can be the first, anybody can be the new kid. Anybody can be like, everybody wants to find the new kid. So it's like, we found this girl, you know? So like at first I was booking a lot of things and then, like, guess what? Next season, there's another round of the new girl. So, like, <laughs> it was like, okay, all right, round. Like, anybody can have that. Like, I'm curious about people's second act or third act. And so mm-hmm. that was when, my, like, I started doing improv again. And I started doing, like, I, and I put together a tape and I auditioned. I booked Mad TV. Like it was again, like I was booking these pilots that weren't going. They, and I knew Katie Siegel, who was on Married with Children, and she was on mm-hmm. um, uh, the Anarchy, whatever Sons of Anarchy. And she said to me, she was like, Arden, it's easier to stay on TV than to get on TV. You just need to get on TV. And like Mad TV had offered me a part, which I actually had said no to um, for a variety of reasons. And then like. And, but, like, and at the time, if you were a sketch performer, you basically you were no longer considered an actor or an actress. Like, mm-hmm. in the 90s, I were like, and at the time, so this was, like, 2001. So, at the time, it was, like, oh, you're not a serious actor. Like, and it was sort of, like, almost, like, retiring from acting. Like, you would be, which is so not the case anymore. It's every, everything goes anywhere now. But yeah, so I said no in 2001. Like I tested against Amy Poehler for SNL. I got Mad TV. I said no. <laughs> I for a variety of reasons. And then a few years later, they would call every year for me to audition again. I would do these pilots that didn't get picked up. And then like Katie Siegel said, you just have to get on TV. And so I worked really mm-hmm. hard. And part of the reason I said no was I knew how hard those, I knew how hard sketch shows were. I knew it wasn't an arrogance. It wasn't that I thought I was better than them. I didn't think I would excel there. You know, I, I knew I wasn't a member of second city. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a groundling. I didn't have a stable of characters. I just made this tape in my living room. I just written characters that I've <laughs> never performed anywhere. I made this tape and I booked a job and I knew I would be eaten alive if I went. So I actually took the time and I went through the training and I actually I never told I never told anyone that I'd been offered the job, took all the classes and I did all the lessons and like I got like it, it was the facade of being able to do it and I actually went and put in the hours and the time and I got myself ready. And then wow. I was ready to audition cuz I I knew I would have been over my head. Mm-hmm. And then and I'm sure a guy would have taken it. I'm sure a guy would have just been like, "Yeah, I'm ready." You know, like, <laughs> I kind true. of wish that I had mm-hmm. that confidence. I I wish I had that confidence. Like I had self doubt. Like I wasn't. I'm not proud of that. But um, 
but I know for myself that I needed to be able to advocate for myself and know that I believed in myself. And so I auditioned again and I booked it. And like, and again, it was pivoting of like, it made me an official comedian. Like being on Mad TV made you an official, like not just a character actor, but you're a comedian. And, and then pivoting again, like a couple of years later, I was doing Chelsea lately and I was on Mad TV and, Bobby Lee, who was also on that TV with me, and he was also on Chelsea Lately. You know, Chelsea Lately was amazing. And, like, it was, oh. you know, I did over 100 episodes. It was I did every other week. And pretty much everyone on it was a stand-up. And I'd stopped doing stand-up, like, pretty quickly because I was scared of it. And and so I did improv. Like, when I got ready for Mad TV, I did improv. And Bobby came over to my house, and we were earning – you know, Chelsea was great because of the exposure, but it's late night. It's on E. You only earn like $300 or something, which was fine. Like I was happy that people knew who I was and that was, I was so happy to be a part of it. And, you know, Mm -hmm. Chelsea gave me a quote for my book, which is so cool. But anyway, Bobby came over and he said, Arden, you're the only person because you don't do stand up. You're the only person we're all making a ton of money on the road every weekend. We're promoting the shows on the, like on Chelsea and then on the weekend, you have the same TV credits I have. You were on Mad TV for 75 episodes for four years. You've been on Chelsea Lately for 100 episodes. Like, you should be doing stand-up. You're the only person that's not monetizing this. And so ah. I did it. At, he, and he, taught, he gave me, like, a lesson. I was like, I can't do it. He's like, why can't He's like, you're funny. Why can't you do this? Like, he's like, so because you play baseball, you can't play soccer. Like, you're in shape from baseball. Let's get you ready to play soccer. I was like, okay. So he gave me like a basic wow. lesson at his house. I moved to New York. I started, again, I needed to know if I was going to tour that I was going to, if people were going to give me their hard-earned money and hire a babysitter and like, I know how hard it is to make money. Yeah. I was only earning $300, you know, like, so I was like, I want to make sure I'm giving them a good show. So uh-huh. I went and I did a bunch of shows around Brooklyn for like two years and like, got myself ready and it was still probably way too early as a stand-up but like I pivoted and I started touring as a stand-up and then it, I thought I was doing it just to earn money and then it ended up being such a gift because it showed me who I was as number one on the call sheet it showed me who I was not hiding behind somebody else by myself mm-hmm. the audience lets you know how they like you it helped me as a writer I think it made me brave enough to write my book like Again, I thought it was one thing, but it was another. Just being open to, it's just being open to like the whispers of the, it's all things that scared me. There's nothing more terrifying than starting stand-up in your 30s. Like, are you kidding me? That's a nightmare, you know? So, but, but it was, it was just willing to be like, this is what's in front of me and I'm not going to let fear be the reason for me not to do it. And, and each time, again, it was because I needed the cash and I need, or I couldn't get cash in something or like each pivot, like mm-hmm. has actually expanded my life and helped me like meet people I wouldn't have known and expanded what I could do. And like, and then when I, and just, I know this is, I've been rambling, but like, I actually have done a bunch of plays in New York. And like when I first did the first couple I felt insecure because I hadn't gone to Juilliard or Yale. I felt like I felt ashamed because I was just like a sitcom lady. And then I've since done them again. 
since I've toured as a stand-up, and I've gone in so confident, and I thought, if I could hold somebody's attention for an hour by myself in front of drunk people all over the country, I could certainly do your play with other people for an hour and a half. <laughs> and again, it's not, it wasn't this road that other people took. It wasn't the straight line. None of it was. Like, play, I would have done that. If I thought I could have done well at Juilliard or gotten in, I would have just done that. If I could have just gotten cast as, like, the love interest on a sitcom and, like, I wouldn't have had to pivot and do Mad TV or pursue that. But, like, it's just the roadblocks ended up being gifts because they gave me other tools and expanded my life and, I think maybe a happier person because of it, you know? Exactly. And there you go. That's my incredibly long-winded answer. <laughs> but the thing is, everything yeah. you just said, every word was necessary and valuable because you're telling people, for one thing, Bobby Lee's a good friend, but also you're letting people know yeah. this is not what happens because um, this is what you have to do. When I wanted to be, well, actually uh, in, in the 90s, um, I had a car accident on my birthday, and I thought about if I had bought the farm today, it wasn't that bad. But I thought if I had bought the farm today, what would I? What would my obituary say? And how dull! And I didn't want that. You know, I didn't want to just so get old and never try something that I really wanted to try. I had a fear of being the, in the old folks' home and saying, "Well, yeah, you know, I could have been a big band singer." And the other old lady—that's not the worst part. The worst part is the other old ladies going, "Oh God, there she goes again." Hey, let's pool our right. drugs. D- dope her up, right. graphite her wheels and push. That's what they would be thinking. So I did stand, I wanted to sing, but I got, I did stand up to help me um, with some stage. You know, I took a course and did so, the stand right. with the other comics. And because I didn't want to be the person on stage going, okay, the guitar player broke a string. So when they're through, mm-hmm. we'll do another song. I wanted to work the crowd like Tony Fields or somebody. And uh, where yes. are you from? Boise? Yeah. And uh, I wanted to just keep on going. And so, yeah, it's not easy. The same material done the same way in one place, you know, kills here, and uh, but yep. you die in the uh, two towns over. So, yeah, I, I admire, and everything you've said, when, um, you know, I've had clients that will start off, and they think that you just have a book, you get a CD, and the world lines up for you. But I had, and I go, no, it's not that way. But I had Wendy Moton on recently. She's a, a singer in Nashville. She toured with Julio Iglesias for a few years as a singer with him. Uh, and she said, I went to a, a performing arts school. And she said, I came home with a headache every single day. She says, but I never quit working. And so, yeah, right. this is what it is. You're telling people that are listening, this is what it is. And this is what you have to do. And this is another reason why you have such great parts. Let me tell you, I just love Regina Sinclair so much. Oh, my God, Regina Sinclair. Oh, baby girl. Oh, baby Dixie. Oh, I honey. Everybody's a little bit gay. It's like just the most fun. Horrily. Oh, Horrily. Oh, Bob Barnard. Oh, you just coming at me, Bob Barnard. Yeah, it was just the most fun. Like, Horrily. Well, 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 Horrily. I mean, uh, the most fun. It's just the most fun. Well, she says, Regina, Horrily. Well, listen, I I just love it. And and I am just so grateful. You've been, I know I've kept you way too long and and I've, I apologize. Um, I want everybody to go out and get Little Miss, Com- Little Miss Little Compton. You're going to thank me a thousand times when you get this book and start reading it. Oh, and, you are so, what a treat. I feel like I made a new friend today. I don't oh, want to call you Madam Perry. I like the formality of it. 
That is just fine. And so thanks for your first trip to the Genie Bottle. I hope one one night you'll come back to the Genie Bottle again. And uh, yes, honey, I'll let you know when we get to do that fun party with uh, with Kenya in person. We'll get the top floor. You can call some absolute. There we go. I'm gonna get yes. I will get. I will get. We will get the top floor bar of Blake's on the park across from Piedmont Park. Uh, get the owner to get absolute. Yes. So he'll make special cocktails. So there'll be the the Regina Sinclair cocktail. The whatever anybody else you want. The the Mad cocktail. Anything you come up with. I love that. They'll name it I after love you. That. And I think that's wonderful. So, Art Marine. You're fabulous. I love you. Everybody loves you. Uh, Thank you so much. And we're going to go out now. I want to tell everybody, be good to yourself, be good to each other, and I'll be sharing the information for Arden Foot. And Arden, I'll be sending you. Thank you so very much. Madam Mary Faith, everybody's got to be doing. I love you.